Welcome to episode 24 of China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. The seas around China are patrolled by the Navy of the People's Liberation Army, which is on constant standby for conflict. The primary threat, as far as China is concerned, is the United States of America. But the Chinese Navy and Air Force are also prepared to fight the forces of America's allies, which are challenging China's growing dominance in the Indo-Pacific. In recent years, America, Australia, India and Japan have been conducting joint military exercises near China under the auspices of the Quad, a coalition focused on defence and security. Well, to discuss the role of the Quad, I'm joined today by Gordon Arthur. He's the Asia-Pacific editor for Shepherd Media and also writes for a range of respected defence journals. Gordon joins me on the line from New Zealand. Gordon, welcome to China in Context. Thank you. A pleasure to be with you, Duncan. Now, the Quad is often referred to not as an alliance, but as an informal security pact. What's the difference? The Quad actually stands for the Quadrilateral Security Dialogue. So it was initiated in 2007, as you mentioned, it's between the US, India, Australia and Japan, but it is very informal. But since 2017, um, the Quad has been revived. Australia has been uh, more keen to get involved. Uh, and certainly the current Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, um, is, is a lot more engaged with the Quad than some of his uh, predecessors. I keep hearing the same phrases about a free, open, prosperous, rules-based and inclusive Indo-Pacific. Could you unpack the language for us? What, what does it mean? Right. I mean, these are, are phrases that we hear repeatedly. So from all departments and sectors of the, the US government, as well as allied nations. So it, it basically comes down to the fact that they want a free, open, prosperous, rules-based, uh, inclusive Indo-Pacific. That's the, the opportunity and the chance to, to travel, to trade uh, without inhibition, without any interruption by a foreign power. And when they say this, they're specifically referring to China, of course, because that's the, the, main, the main threat um, that the US and other regional countries perceive in the region. The leaders of those Quad countries, America, Australia, India, Japan, they do often hold meetings. How similar are they in terms of their strategic interests? Right, Duncan, I think this is the case of where uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So traditionally, if you look back, India in particular has traditionally been non-aligned. Um, it hasn't had close relations with uh, the USA, for example. But it's a case of there's a, a common threat. Yeah, certainly there are a lot of differences amongst them. Uh, the USA and Japan, for example, are, are close uh, treaty partners and have been since or for, for a long time. Um, India is beginning to get more uh, involved. And I think the, the 2017 Doklam clash between India and China along the, the border, uh, that did a, a lot to bring India into the the fold of the quad once again and certainly last year uh, we had the the clash along the indian border with china again um so i think uh china itself is is one uh, contributing factor to the quad 
Well, I agree with what you said about Japan and America having a close alliance, that that was true under Mr. Trump and Mr. Abe. It's true under Mr. Suga and under Mr. Biden. But, you know, these four countries, they have quite big differences in culture, linguistic differences, too. How effective is the cooperation between the Quad in the military field? If you take the Quad as a, a grouping, the four nations working together militarily, I'd say the cooperation is not effective um, and not at a, a high level at all. Uh, certainly bilaterally, uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, Japan and the US, for example, are, are very close. Um, Japan uh, and Australia beginning to do so more together. And certainly Australia and the USA are very close partners so integrating India uh, into that is a is a, a growth area. Um, I think one one notable event is the the Malabar naval exercises, which are a, an annual affair. They actually began in 1992, um, so they're they're beginning to grow. And it was only last year actually that uh, all four nations of the Quad actually joined together in one of these Malabar naval exercises. So if you think, yeah, 2020, it took them that long um, to actually do a one exercise together involving the, the whole quad. Uh, but as a, as a grouping, uh, not close military uh, cooperation at the moment. I want to ask you another question about India, actually, because as you hinted there, since the 1960s, India was against any alliance. But being in the quad, makes it seem to me that it's effectively an ally of the United States. What's your view on that? Yeah, but I think, Duncan, this is the, the beauty of the, the Quad, isn't it? It's, it's a very loose, uh, informal arrangement. So India can say, well, no, we're not an ally of the US. Um, of course, when the, the Quad was formed, uh, China lodged diplomatic protests with every member of, of the, the grouping. Um, but it, again, it's, it's not a formal military alliance, so you can't really say that any one of them um, is a, a firm ally of the US. India very much is still a, a non-aligned country. Uh, it gets uh, most of its equipment um, is imported from, from Russia still. Um, but I think it, it is changing. It's, it's becoming closer to, to the USA. It's introducing more military equipment bought from the US. Uh, thinking of Apache helicopters, C-130 aircraft, uh, P-8 maritime patrol aircraft. So not a firm ally, but the cooperation is certainly growing, uh, getting closer. And there is a, a, a test coming up um, between the USA and India. And I'm referring to India's import of the S-400 um, air defense missile system from Russia, because it will be interesting to see whether um, whether the US enforces sanctions uh, against India for doing that, for importing Russian equipment. Well, thanks for flagging that up. It's very interesting to get your perspective on this, Gordon, um, as a defence expert. Um, let's talk again about Australia. Kevin Rudd, former Australian Prime Minister, said that President Xi Jinping has fundamentally altered the landscape by projecting Chinese power across Asia and the Pacific What's your view on that? Absolutely. I, I agree with him totally. The, the whole 
landscape has has been changed by China. So it's economic, it's uh, diplomatic, it's um, military rise uh, has been meteoric almost. Of course, uh, Kevin Rudd said that, but he's the one who pulled Australia out of the, the quad um, early on. So sort of quite ironic for him to, to say that. Um, if you listen to China and its diplomats, you'll hear that China is a growing force for peace and justice in, in the world. Um, I would sort of truncate their statement and I would say that China is a growing force, full stop. So it is, it is causing great consternation. It is threatening um, a number of its neighbors. Um, the Chinese foreign minister said in 2010, China is a big country and other countries are small countries. And that's just a fact. Um, and it's just this notion of, of might is right, that China can throw its weight around um, and that people just have to accept that. That's, uh, that's hard to, to accept uh, for a number of nations. Alarm is definitely growing in the region. So in terms of the balance of power now in the region, how can you measure the strength of the Quad against China's military power? Of course, it would be easy. You could make up a, a, a table, a, an order of battle and, and count how many ships and how many aircraft and how many tanks and how many soldiers each each country has and add them all together for the quad and, and stack that up against China. But I think that would be a, a mistake to do that because that, that's not the purpose of the quad. It's not to um, align um, the four countries and stack them up against China militarily. I think the one of the aims um, of, of the quad um, is deterrence. So the fact that four countries stick together, support each other. Um, China, of course, still has the, the world's largest military. Um, India has a, a capable military. Uh, Japan too. Australia, for its size, uh, has a, a very modern, very capable military. The USA, the, the, the strongest military power in the world. Do you think other countries like France and the United Kingdom are ready to join the Quad? Uh, not really, because I think the the quad still is is a very in its it's still a very informal, loose um, arrangement. I think France and the UK and, and perhaps others, uh, perhaps European countries would would support it and support its principles. For example, the the call for a, an open and free Indo-Pacific. Um, so that's that's a, a catchphrase that you often hear coming from some of these countries as well. France, I think, is a a notable one because. It is the only European power um, that is a, a Pacific power. So it has a, a presence, um, New Caledonia and um, the, the South Pacific. So for a long time, it's, it's expressed uh, very similar sentiments about um, freedom of navigation and so on. Um, routinely, it, it sends warships um, into the region. So we have the, also the, the UK sending a, an aircraft carrier um, task force into the, the region it's on its way at the moment. So I think these countries are all saying much the, the same thing. They're, they're singing from the same song sheet. Um, but I don't think we'll see it. Either country signing up to, to join the quad. So can I ask you some quick fire questions on how different countries around the region see the situation? Let's start with New Zealand, because that's where you are. Uh, just uh, the other week, someone was uh, calling New Zealand New Sheeland um, after the, the President Xi. 
So they were making a joke that New Zealand was very subservient to, to China. Uh, but I think New Zealand perhaps is a bit behind the, the eight ball in, in terms of countries like Australia or the US, but there's a growing realization that China is not a benign force. Um, so I think uh, New Zealand is, is becoming more concerned. It is a Five Eyes nation member. Um, so it, it shares um, concerns with the, the rest of those Five Eyes nations. How about South Korea? Um, if you were talking about it joining the Quad, absolutely no. Um, you know that Japan and South Korea are not friends, so there would be no love triangle with uh, the USA, Japan and South Korea um, in that respect. Seoul has always been concerned most about uh, its neighbor to the north. So that's their number one priority. But again, I think South Korea is one of those countries that is aware of the threat uh, of China. And we will see more um, arrangements and, and more actions to, to prepare itself um, for tensions with China. Last country on my list, Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam's an interesting one. So I think we're sort of at the, the baby crawling um, infant step stage with Vietnam. Uh, the US and Vietnam are, are talking friendlier. Um, there's, there's aligned interests, but again, Vietnam, it's, it's a communist country. It's, it's very, um, it has a very different system compared to other members of the quad. Um, but then again, Vietnam, I think too, has, has been one of the most, uh, vocal countries to talk about China. I was at the Shangri-La Dialogue 2019, which was the last time they held it in Singapore. And of all the, the de defense ministers that spoke, uh, the Vietnamese one was actually the one that was the most direct um, about what uh, China is doing in the South China Sea. And that's, that's its biggest beef, basically what China's doing in the Spratleys and the Paracel Islands. So my final question is this, during the Trump administration, especially under the leadership of former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the Quad was regarded as the paramount way in which the U.S. would project its military power into the Indo-Pacific. Do you think it's retained that status and level of importance in the era of Joe Biden? There is a huge difference in the way that Trump um, and Biden are operating in terms of their um, policies. Um, and let's face it, Trump was an unpredictable parochial character um, who sort of left a trail of destruction behind him in terms of foreign relations. So uh, Trump, um, far more than Obama, who, who basically dropped the ball on China, um, Trump highlighted the, the threat that China was. And I think it's gone to the, it's reached the point where Biden cannot backtrack on that. Uh, Biden too realizes the, um, the, it is an era of, of strategic competition. And I think Biden's policy and approach will actually be far more effective uh, because Biden is talking about a multilateral approach. This is not America going alone or America first. This is more about America cooperating with um, regional partners and allies and friends. So I think in the end, um, most, most countries will appreciate that approach more than Trump's. Well, thank you, Gordon. That was Gordon Arthur, Asia Pacific Editor for Shepherd Media. This podcast is produced by the SOAS China Institute, and you can find out more about our activities, including our latest courses and research on our website, 
The website is SOAS, that's S-O-A-S dot A-C dot U-K. Alternatively, you can type SOAS China Institute into a search engine and you should be able to find it that way. But until next time, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team.